Uh, hi everyone, thank you for coming to this uh, next uh, talk uh, entitled Surrealism and Animated Photography. Um, I'm very pleased and would like to thank uh, Vince Fraser and Yvon Longuet for uh, conducting this talk today. Um, they will uh, both discuss uh, Vince Fraser's work and his practice. Uh, Fraser's work consisting of animated collages and photography uh, draws both on contemporary art and past surrealists as well as Afrobeat influences. Um, his work raises many questions such as how can one use surrealism and its narratives to celebrate numerous facets of culture and arts from Africa and the diaspora. Uh, Vince Fraser uh, has worked uh, in the creative industry as a professional digital illustrator uh, for over 20 years. Uh, the progression to visual arts uh, was a natural one. Uh, Vince's work uh, has continued to evolve uh, and sees himself as a new breed of artist in the digital age, combining a variety of skills, including film and motion. With a keen eye for detail, is always experimenting in a playful way, whilst pushing the boundaries from a visual aspect. His work is trying to is attempting to bridging the gap between fantasy and reality, uh, and his work is a mission to inspire, educate, and empower positive images of the African diaspora. Yvon Longuet is a co-founder with uh, Sukaina Abulaula of Untitled, which is an editorial design, art direction, and curatorial duo based in Marrakech, Morocco. Yvon has worked uh, as exhibition assistant at the Marrakech Museum for Photography and Visual Arts, and uh, curatorial editorial assistant at Cult Gallery and Editions in Rabat. Fond of the connectedness of ideas and topics at the crossroads of art, theory, and social sciences, he leads workshops on ways of seeing the history of photography in Africa at the Marrakech School of Visual Art, ESAV. So thanks again for uh, being here today, and I give you the mic. Thanks. Thank you, Karima. Thank you very much. And uh, good evening, everyone. Sorry for being on the edge. Um, uh, before uh, starting a little bit. Um, so I'll be having this conversation with, with Vince. I had the pleasure to, to meet, um, um, to, disc to meet a few days ago, but to chat with uh, a, a little bit earlier before, after an, an introduction by, by Karima. Uh, thank you for inviting uh, me. Thank you for inviting, inviting us. So we, we, we will, be, about the process, we're just going, uh, we have a sort of prompt to conduct the conversation and then we will be um, exploring at some point of the conversation a few images and, and videos par, as part of uh, Vince's, uh, Vince's work. <coughs> um, the, the way we saw this um, was I think in a very you know not, not very formal right uh, conversation and then we're just gonna keep yeah that's uh, right that, just checking vibe. yeah hi everyone I'm <laughs> uh, just going to keep that vibe. So maybe we can just start um, with that. Uh, this, okay. uh, your origins, I mean, somehow. Um, yeah, I mean, um, we, can, uh, we can sort of just start from the beginning, really. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. sort of creative process um, and where, where it all sort of started from. Um, I've always been quite a, uh, an artistic person. Um, sort of drawn from when I was maybe five or six years old. Um, and... For me, art is life, you know? Um, I live, breathe, 
I do everything art, you know. So um, I, I kind of, uh, I'd say probably my first encounter um, as an artist was um, looking through my older brother's um, record collection, uh, vinyl collection. My brother was a big uh, reggae fan and um, I used to go through all of his, uh, his records and um, there was one in particular which kind of really caught my eye and um, I think that was really my, my journey into, uh, into art. Um, so if you kind of just going through a lot of these different images, um, we, we had like a lot of this, this particular image here um, was the one which sort of started it for me. Um, basically, you've got uh, this guy who's sort of half robot, half human, and he's kind of riding past uh, a family uh, in a car, um, very old fashioned. And um, yeah, this was it really. I'd never seen anything like it. Um, this, this particular record cover was, uh, I think it was 1979, uh, 1976. Um, and it was uh, by an artist called Dillinger. And the album was uh, called The Bionic Dread. Um, and yeah, this is basically kind of where it all sort of started. Um, and yeah, sort of combining that futuristic um, element with uh, a very kind of old-fashioned sort of feel to it as well. So basically, I mean, you had, by noticing all the, the collective visual collection of your brother's album cover that you... Um, yeah, I mean, every, literally every week he would sort of buy a new record, so I'd be sort of straight into his bedroom and um, I'd be looking through all the, the, the vinyl covers all the illustrations, all the uh, the graphic design, and, so that, uh, and that's how, how that's how was born somehow. Your yeah, your, yeah. I think it just kind of embedded in my my brain. Digital art, um, graphic arts in general. Yeah, yeah. So what one interesting things uh, one one of the interesting things I discovered in your file was like just references, for instance, um, like the one we're actually looking at, um, which is like I think uh, yeah, it's a Salvador, uh, Salvador Dali. Um, and yeah, this is, uh, again, sometimes my work can go a little bit dark, but um, I think it reflects sometimes my, my, how I'm feeling, you know, uh, as an artist. So sometimes my work can be very, you know, upbeat and uh, sometimes it can reflect a sort of slightly darker side, but um, yeah. Um, so maybe let's go a little bit deeper into that. So, so basically, you 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 have this trigger um, that, yeah. that that comes, you know, for 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 an, an, um, the beginning of a of a, a love for graphic art in general. And then you, when do you start really working as a as a graphic artist? And then how how does he how does he work? Um, you mean in terms from of that, yeah, from from that from that childhood somehow uh, beginnings or. Um, first impressions, how do you move from that? And how do you start as, a, as an artist fully? Um, I mean, I, I think, as I said, um, I kind of just embed a lot of different images in my head. Um, and then that's usually the, the starting point. Um, and then I'll go from that and build concepts um, and develop that particular concept and then make it into a final, uh, a final design, you know? Um, but let's go through this again. There is also uh, yeah. I mean, uh, a big influence for for me um, as well was uh, Abdul Mati uh, Klawin, um, who's a, a German 
uh, surrealist artist, um, and he specifically designed a lot of uh, record covers for various different artists um, in the 1960s. Um, he did lots of stuff for uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, also Miles Davis, who's a famous jazz artist, which probably everyone knows. Um, I would like to show a little bit, um, to, to put, I would say, uh, to illustrate what we're sort of talking about right now. Um, um, a few images of your early works um, as an illustrator to see how it actually started and the kind of work you actually do. Um, so yeah. this is one of the, the, the pioneer uh, works where you were working as a, as a commercial, um, commercial yeah, um, uh, I mean, graphic artist. If we kind of sort of go a little bit further back, um, my background was uh, interior design, which is what I qualified in. Um, and basically, um, I, I came out of university. I worked for a, an exhibition design company um, creating um, uh, exhibition stands for blueprint companies like IBM, uh, Apple Macintosh, uh, Intel uh, in the 1990s. Um, very big projects. Um, and that was kind of uh, where I sort of started. I worked there for a, a year or two, then I went back to university, got my degree, came back out again, worked for an American company uh, called Gensler, interior designers and architects. Uh, again, sort of doing very corporate work, banking work, very boring work, sorry. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just basically one day uh, packed it all in and um, went freelance and sort of just started doing uh, freelance work. Um, at the time I had uh, <coughs> a German friend of mine and uh, she was working for an editorial company and uh, they needed a front cover actually for one of their banking uh, magazines. And uh, she, she kind of phoned me up and said, Vince, are you willing to, to do this uh, front cover? So that was my big opportunity to, to sort of shine and show that I could actually do it. Um, and yeah, I did it. And I kind of did that for about four or five years continuously for that particular company. Um, and then I branched out and did it for various different other companies. Um, <clears throat> um, again, moving on from uh, editorial work into publishing work. So um, that's a critical move actually because it's very interesting you sort of leave this um, um, very constrained um, way of processing work like I would say a commercial way of um, of entering into work towards uh, a more intentionality based or linked related uh, kind of way of processing I would say in, in, you know, in, 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 in simple words, moving from a commercial artist to to, to, yeah. to, to an artist, actually. So how, how, how did that...? Well, yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> again, uh, I kind of went through all the different sort of steps um, as an illustrator, all the different industries. Um, I did a lot of advertising work, as you know, with the commercial work, Nike, Adidas, Hugo Boss, uh, Tiger Bear, Madame Two Swords, loads of different brands I've worked for. Um, and I kind of got fed up of it, to be honest. Um, and I, I wanted to sort of um, basically just do more personal work, something which means a little bit more to me. 
Um, so I kind of eventually moved away from working with big brands um, and started doing more personal work, uh, work which kind of reflected my, my view of life and things which I see and uh, things which mean uh, a lot to me and which empower my, my identity. So that, that's a topic we will eventually get to. Um, but before that, because I guess I mean, elements of style, you know, um, things that actually characterize um, your work already do exist in, in your commercial work, in you know, sort, of, sort of graphic handwriting way of you know, designing. And mm -hmm. I would like us maybe to, to, to discuss a little bit for a few minutes yeah. um, this, this image, which is pretty close to the image you saw when you were younger that triggered this you know, yeah, I mean, um, th this particular image um, I created for um, uh, a German brand, actually. I did this about 10 years ago. Um, and it's quite funny, really, because um, on Instagram now, when I look through all the different artists, people are actually starting to do stuff like this. But I was doing it like 10 years before. Um, so um, it's, it's quite funny to see this kind of stuff now. Um, but this was actually created for... Um, for, for doing uh, covers for uh, Apple products. Um, and uh, this was rolled out across loads and loads of different distributors all over the world. So don't, you, you might actually see one of these covers somewhere. <laughs> um, and for, formally speaking, there is this funny uh, uh, mechanical, and mechanical and yeah, eclectic, yeah. Um, um, which is pretty much close to the, uh, the, the, the bike next to the... Uh, Definitely, yeah. It's, it's kind of just basically uh, mixing the past and the present. So I'm kind of trying to uh, kind of make this person look a little bit more futuristic and bringing him into the future. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of basically. We, we, we actually had this conversation, so it, and I am still asking the question. I mean, for the, for the, 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 uh, the I would say for the interest of the, of the audience um, about what you actually associate with future. Um, is it this actually mechanical and technical um, yeah, element? For, for me, I think yeah, it's definitely tech uh, technology, which um, I have a big interest in. Um, it's a big inspiration for me. Um, I'm always trying to. Uh, uh, immerse myself in new technology. Um, so for me, uh, creating work, I always want to sort of uh, push the boundaries and make my work look more futuristic and kind of be a little bit more cutting edge than what everyone else is doing. Um, so yeah, that's mainly what pushes me to, to, to create images. Interesting, uh, uh, because the so conversation was also about um, these the futuristic 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 sorry element, not necessarily I would say um, future based, you know, um, mm -hmm. because that's an interesting conversation we can have. Like, um, is is futuristic future based or is it like um, um, a theoretical topic? Like, is it a, a a time or a place to come or is it another place somewhere because we're talking about mixing the past and the present at the same time due to the references you always use yeah i mean um even in my my present work um I, i'm doing a lot of uh, augmented reality work so i'm kind of uh taking two different scenarios so i'll create for example um a 3d object and then i will basically put it into a, a real life uh, situation. So I'm always uh, sort of walking around with my iPhone or whatever 
and something will come into my head while I'm walking and I'll basically try and capture that on my, uh, my video clip um, and take that home and then work on that from, from, uh, from my phone. Um, so yeah, it's, it's basically kind of mixing two different realities um, uh, to, to, to give it that surreal feeling. Um, so, you know, a lot of the time I'm based in London, so I might be at um, some sort of a landscape and I'll take a quick video clip and then I'll put my, 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 my throw on it. Um, so I'll add something straight into that scene. So when you look at it, you're kind of like, well, this is crazy. You know, this is like a different world. Um, I'd like us to look a little bit at the... I would like us to look yeah, at one of my um, works. Yeah, this is one of my um, quite recent pieces of work. Um, and it was just basically, uh, I started off doing uh, some 3D uh, heads um, and kind of giving it a slightly sort of a futuristic twist to it. Um, and that kind of went on to me exploring many different other heads, um, which you might have seen on my Instagram feed. Um, Again, uh, yeah, just sort of playing with uh, the 3D elements um, and, and creating something which uh, which is futuristic, uh, which is kind of my world. Of course, um, of course, when we were having these conversations, we we had a little peek on what Afrofuturism um, uh, was today. You know, iconographically speaking, and then. Um, on a formal aspect, a lot of work's been done in the movement, I would say, of uh, Afrofuturism, or the trend, because that's, I think, the more yeah, careful, I, yeah, careful it's, way it of seems saying. Like a, yeah. uh, but you actually started this work as seen in your previous work, like early work. You actually started these yeah, associations I, I, early in the 90s. Yeah, I was um, creating, uh, even before Photoshop, I mean, um, I've been using Photoshop for 20, 20 maybe 30 years. Um, I was using it from version three to four. Um, and before even that, I was creating work which was uh, 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 like a collage, like a photographic collage effect. Um, and then I'll bring it to the printer and he would blow it up into a huge scale. Um, and I was doing stuff from, from, from back then, which was probably 90 to, uh, 1992. Um, so I've kind of always had that that element inside my work. Um, but um, yeah, when you're working as a commercial artist, obviously, you know, it's, uh, you can't kind of bring it too much into your commercial work. So um, there is an interesting similarity between, between what we're actually seeing and what we saw of um, um, Magritte's work of the, with the floating uh, yeah, silhouettes. Yeah, again, um, I kind of did like a, a little take on that. Um, Again, sort of looking at the original um, and adding some movement to it. I, I saw the original and straight away I kind of thought, yep, I'm going to do a different version of this, like a, a twist to it. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So there is obviously this surrealistic um, um, way of seeing. So what surrealist are you as, as, um, as an artist, I'd say, uh, today? How, do you, how would you define the way you... Um, I, I think I've always kind of thought like that. Um, I think it goes back early to my early days when um, I was doing a lot of illustration work. I had to do conceptual illustration, which is slightly different. So you had to come up with ideas very quickly. 
uh, for clients um, because sometimes clients don't really know what they want so you have to come up with uh, an idea very quickly in a short time scale um, so I've always had that kind of ability to to be able to create uh, surreal things very quickly um, crazy things you know <laughs> and of course yeah it's like talking about surrealism i mean you of course the the, the overall i would say you know, the framework of the of the the forum is about ted jones poet and an and artist as well and and a visual artist at the same time and and um, I'm, I'm curious yeah. about knowing how um you work in one way or the other uh, relates well, I, to to um, Ted's. Yeah, I, I think uh, with Ted, um, in some of his earlier work, he had uh, a lot of collage work um, from what I, I kind of saw, uh, very quick collages. Um, and that kind of relates to a little bit which uh, I was doing probably a couple of years ago, um, where I was creating some very quick analog collages, not digital, so it was all handmade. Um, and I was basically researching and doing um, I was actually making collages from vintage black uh, magazines from the 70s. Um, uh, Ebony, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this, but uh, it's an American, an African-American magazine uh, from the 70s. Um, it's still going now. It's, I think it was uh, established in the 1940s. Um, and it basically showcased lots of uh, black uh, politicians, uh, entertainers, singers, actors on the front covers. So uh, I, I kind of basically did uh, an exercise where I created some collage work um, with the actual magazine. So I, I had maybe 10 or 20 magazines um, which I acquired and I really didn't want to cut them up because they were vintage ones. Um, but I, I eventually chopped them up and, and created some work from that. So it's kind of similar. I saw a similarity uh, from me doing that to, to, to Ted's work, um, some very quick collage work. There is, there is of course, the, the other interesting aspect of, of, uh, of Ted's, I would say, life in general, more than or above, beyond its work, his uh, love for jazz, and which is also an element that exists um, in your work. Yeah, Jet, for me, I mean, uh, I, I think in two ways, you know, um, it's uh, it's music and uh, creating artwork. So those two, to me, are like uh, you know they're they're joined together. And um, as I, I sort of said to you, uh, my work's very eclectic, um, and my music is very eclectic. Um, but I listen to a lot of jazz influenced uh, music, uh, especially uh, electronic inspired jazz music. Uh, contemporary music. Um, I've got some friends in London who have started off a, a jazz movement um, called Jazz Refreshed um, and uh, basically they are uh, uh, a movement which they uh, they have like an event every week in London in Notting Hill Gate um, and it showcases lots of jazz up-and-coming jazz uh, talent um, but it's not your typical traditional jazz, so to speak, your blue collar sort of jazz. Um, so it's kind of adding like a new twist to, to what jazz is and what it means today. Um, so yeah, I've done a lot of work. This particular piece here, um, I actually created for them. And that was for, they actually have a record label. 
um, and various different up-and-coming artists on that label. One of them is uh, this, this particular uh, uh, band called 1000 Kings. Um, again, is there any? Yeah, I'm not sure if there's yeah, any just, music. I just wanted you to finish the explanation and then so I could yeah, yeah. introduce the sound. So just what, what, what is interesting in this, um, um, I'd say, soundtrack, it's actually the profound uh, connection with uh, jazz, actually. So again, I mean, I, I tend to have like a, sometimes I have, well, I would say most of the time, a signature style. Um, so I tend to use a lot of African uh, face masks, which I think uh, has a lot of symbolism. Um, and it's a very strong visual identity. You actually um, told me that to you, the, uh, the, the African art and, you know, mask and motifs represented uh, one of the most highest forms of, um, of, of art. Can you yep, yep. Tell, tell us more about that? De definitely. I mean, um, I, I, when I was creating uh, a lot of these pieces of art, I, I kind of looked for something which would uh, be very recognizable. Um, and for me, uh, African face masks uh, has a, a strong symbolic meaning um, as we were sort of saying when we, we talked about it um, when you actually uh, have one of these face masks and you, you acquire it and you put it on it gives you the power yeah, um, actually, yeah. it makes yeah yeah um, you become embodied by embodied. the uh, um, the power of either the totem yeah. or so you uh, kind of become a higher human. entity yeah um, um, so yeah I kind of try to add a lot of those kind of elements in my my work um, again, with the, that, that particular uh, piece of work, I had the, the face mask and uh, I had it kind of moving and uh, I'd broken it up into sections. Another interesting, another interesting, um, I would say, I would say the topic we, 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 we approached was um, the inter, not the multidisciplinarity actually, uh, the way the fact that, for instance, you, you do not work alone most of the time and then you engage your work um, connected to other artists, most of the time photographers, through yeah, collaborations, um, which is an interesting connection too with, with what Ted was actually as a, as a multidisciplinary multi multi artist, I would say. Yeah, I think for me, um, the digital age, where it's, it's changed so much from when I kind of first started, um, obviously, social media now plays a big part, and um, for me, it's a it's a blessing, I think, um, because it's given me the ability to show my work in a, a bigger, wider scale, uh, an audience, um, and it's also enabled me to to work with various different uh, African artists worldwide. Um, it's also enlightened, you know, it's made me know that there are lots of different artists out there working now. Um, and it's so much easier to collaborate with various different uh, photographers um, and uh, creatives. In terms of process, for instance, how do you, do you most of the, the images you actually use are made by other artists and you know, precisely photographers. So how, what, can you get a little bit well, yeah, I mean, um, more precise on the it, details? It's, it's kind of, it's a collaboration, um, but sometimes, uh, well, 90% of the time, um, a lot of the people I work with are fine. 
Um, and then you'll get the 10% when we're working with uh, photographers because um, creatives are very, um, you know, they don't like to share their work, so to speak, the glory. Um, so uh, a lot of the time, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like a 50-50 thing. You know, I try to create work with talented art, uh, photographers. Um, and I'm just basically taking it from level one to level two. So, you know, the work is good as it is, but I'm going to take your work to another level. You know, that, that's the way I see it. So, um, which is not very, you know, it's, very, it's not a very traditional way of, um, yeah, or, no, no, I would say not traditional, but accepted way of, um, uh, because most of many artists are very, yeah, well, artists and designers, yeah, egotistical. So, um, <laughs> they don't like to share their work, but I think the value from that is that, um, you, you kind of, in a way, get to show your work to a double audience. So, you know, um, I, I collaborate with you as a photographer, you know, and we show that piece together. And uh, the audience is bigger because it's photography and it's also motion art, it's art direction, it, it's, it's whatever, you know. So... Um, I had a little bit... My, my first contact with your work and the way you were using the social... Um, um, the networks and the way you were using, namely Instagram, um, made me question myself um, about what we could define as format, right? The way in the format of the interface. So, how do you see, for instance, the the fact that Instagram is a very formatted, uh, I would say, platform, and how do you cope with the constraints of, you know, of maybe I would say walking in a very limited um, uh, well, length frame or yeah. uh, always on the square format? Um. Yeah, I, th I think it's a challenge. Um, but I think what I do, um, I create loops or, or GIFs or whatever you'd like to call it. And um, I, I suppose I'm a visual storyteller, so I only have a limited amount of time to, 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 to tell a story. Um, so for me, um, I might have 60 seconds to, to be able to create a story for people to look at rather than, uh, say, a, a, a traditional filmmaker who has two hours. Um, I'm showing people something in, in 30 seconds or 60 seconds, you know. Um, so it's quite, uh, it's a challenge, but um, I enjoy it. Which I understand. <laughs> but it was also very close to you know the way um, the, the language of, of, of images in our contemporary age and the way we need to grasp you know uh, yeah. everyone's attention in a very short time frame um, uh, the, the, the 30 second storyteller I would, I would call it uh, that's, well, yeah that? yeah I mean uh, as I said uh, as an illustrator and having practiced for over 20 years, um, I had got to the stage where I found that my work was very static and I was becoming very bored with it and I wanted to change and I wanted to do something unique and, and cutting edge and media uh, was where it was actually happening, you know, technology. So it goes back to this technology thing. So I, I kind of basically taught myself how to do this motion stuff um, and I've only been doing it now for a couple of years. Um, and a lot of people look at it and they're like, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> you know, they, they can't actually believe I've only been doing it two years and I taught myself, you know. I didn't go to any college to, to, to do this motion stuff. Interesting. And so, uh, besides this, um, I would say, f formatting and, and um, technical constraints, let's, let's get a little bit, and that's where I would 
uh, seize the opportunities from now on you can I think open the conversation to everyone uh, so we have a lot of time to talk about it because I guess uh, um, we just we weren't exhaustive right um, what, what, what matters to me now is um, the way the topics you know of your of your of your engagement as an artist which indirectly would you know uh, uh, be for, to me a reference uh, mm -hmm. to Ted Jones, but you know, in 20, 2019, um, what are the topics? What are the main topics uh, you are, as an artist, engaged in? Because because I I do believe that moving from this um, com very commercial way of um, producing your work to a more um, intentional um, uh, a manipulation yeah. of form uh, comes with with. Well, it's, it's, as I said, yeah, I mean, it's, it's more for me um, about sort of celebrating uh, my culture um, and um, also empowering and showing uh, people of colour um, uh, as a, you know, uh, like, a, um, how can I explain it? <laughs> um, yeah, just basically, um, you know, empowering people. Um, Visually speaking, because there is, a, I would say, is a war on 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 visibility. So, and we will get to that because our, that's also a question I'm asking myself on only the visibility as a tool to sell something, you know, product speaking, or as a visibility as a tool to sell um, uh, or promote ideals. I am still not sure on that, and that's a personal, I would say. Uh, yeah, issue, but I'm mean, interested in a way in the way an artist, um, a visual artist, an Instagram. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to, in some of my earlier work, I was using um, various different uh, artists, actually. Uh, Erica Badu, in particular, uh, a musician. Um, and I used her as a muse, uh, and I did various different um, images of her, and she actually saw them. And, uh, yeah, she, she actually, she's a big fan of my work now, <laughs> um, which I'm quite, you know, proud of. Um, and she actually, this I think it was this particular image, or it was another one, and she actually posted it onto her Instagram uh, page, and it got, I think, about half a million views. Um, and I was like, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I do kind of, it, you know, I, I use Erica um, as, as a muse, but um, I have a lot of different uh, musicians, actually, who uh, kind of uh, shown a lot of interest in my work. Uh, people like Usher, um, uh, The Roots, uh, Maxwell. So a lot of sort of neo-soul musicians. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so Erika Badu can be an interesting, I'd say, um, um, an interesting way to hyphenate it because I think there is an interesting uh, something happening here um, um, linked with music when i listen to to you know on instagram uh, to your to your work above or beyond yeah, what I we can hear listen here which is pure jazz for that's, instance yeah right? that's pure jazz there, um, there is something which is more um, afro afro beat well yeah um, i mean related um, so how, how do you what is the, how do you link that uh, in this well, as I said, quest I mean, for my, my music is um, my music knowledge is quite vast. Um, I used to listen to a lot of Fela Kuti, 
um, a lot of his 70s stuff. Also, uh, Tony Allen, who was uh, Fela Kute's main drummer. Um, and that's traditional Afrobeat. But a lot of the stuff I post now is kind of like a contemporary version of Afrobeat, which is called, I suppose, Afro House or Afro Tech House or Afro Deep House. There's different genres, but um, it's kind of like a, a more contemporary version of Afrobeat. Um, and it's quite big, actually. This particular one, which you've, you're playing now, is um, it's a, a South African style uh, house called Gom, um, which is very, very kind of well known. Um, it's, it's a particular sort of sound which comes out of uh, South Africa. Um, again, it has that sort of um, electronic kind of feel to it. I don't, but know it's you, also I don't know if you get the sound. Is it loud enough? Okay. Up. Yeah, but again, this is uh, one of my earlier pieces of work. I was just exploring uh, how I could uh, create something which was uh, very different, uh, using uh, music and motion at the same time. Um, again, this is a very famous uh, model who's uh, been on the front cover of Vogue. Uh, these, I think this particular one was um, in London um, and this was on the Millennium Dome going towards St Paul's Cathedral and I was walking actually down this pathway and this kind of idea just came straight into my head and um, I took some footage on my, uh, my iPhone and I, I basically went home and uh, created this piece. Again that was uh, just uh, some African sculptures. Um, again, this was uh, uh, a collaboration with uh, an African photographer, but I completely changed his work. And uh, when I showed it to him, he, he couldn't believe it. Um, it was basically just um, a, a model sitting down, and I created these uh, these straps um, and uh, the, the heads rotating. And um, he couldn't believe I could actually do that with a. Uh, a still image um, that was created purely from a photograph. One of the things that struck me actually when I discovered your work for the first time was this um, particular um, craft, I would say, this particular craft, which is a properly a surrealistic word, but work, but which is not very common in, in the way it associates. Um, it's not a simple collage, actually, and I guess. Uh, something happens maybe due to motion or due to yeah. um, um, that pushes the reality, um, rigs somehow the reality as yeah, somewhere else. I think with my background in uh, illustration and using Photoshop, um, I had the ability to be able to create collages from static images and then from the static images making pieces move. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's not an easy process, but um, I've seen a couple people sort of trying to mimic my style now. Um, so I've got to kind of um, always keep my work evolving. So as an artist, I don't like to kind of stay static. I always want to try new things and, and do new things um, because I know it will come to a stage where other artists will start copying my work. And then, you know, so I, I'm, I'm trying to always be one step ahead. 
maybe this is here we, we can open a little bit the conversation to um, to, to the audience and, and um, if ever there is a, I would say a reaction or a comment or a question um, we we very we would ha be happy to 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 listen to those sir uh, good evening. Um, you said something about identity earlier. Um, you didn't give us much information about where you grew up or what oh, the right. cultural influences were. I obviously yeah. realize yeah. you're black and British, yeah. but I don't know whether that would be something you would describe yourself as. Um, um, would you Would you also say that there's some, although you're using African imagery and culture, would you say there's something uniquely British about the way in which you express yourself? Yeah, I mean, um, going back to, to my roots, my origins, um, my, my, both of my parents are Jamaican. Um, they came to, uh, to London in the late 50s, which was when, uh, which was in the Windrush uh, section. Um, so, They've lived in London for, my mum's actually quite old now, um, but she's sort of spent most of her time in England. She's not really, Jam I, I class it, she's Jamaican. Um, she still has the accent, but she's more British, I, I think. Um, but um, yeah, so my, my background is actually uh, Jamaican. Um, and in terms of uh, my work, I do think it is quite British because I tend to use uh, a lot of British, uh, or a lot of landmarks in uh, a lot of my clips. So it's quite unique in that way where um, I, I might be walking down a particular road or whatever uh, landmark and I'll capture that particular moment during my day and then I'll bring that back and add a surrealistic element to it. So I, I think it is quite unique what I'm doing. Um, I wonder when you include these surrealistic elements, do you also, and you, you talk about uh, combining different realities, do you actually experiment with that? Like, uh, I mean, methodology, like you use drugs, do you <laughs> go with the trends? Like oh dear, um, I'm not sure if I want to answer that. <laughs> um, no, not now anyway. <laughs> Possibly when I was a little bit younger, but um, not at this age. <laughs> um, no, it's it's purely my imagination, um, and that's that's what I think my selling point is. It's my vision. Mm -hmm. um, I think I see things in a, a unique way, um, and I've noticed a lot of people don't seem to be able to see things how I see it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm always experimenting anyway. Um, so yeah, it's just something. I'm a creative person. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I hope that answers your. Uh... <laughs> Any other question? Hi. Um, Hi. Just a uh, kind of a different question I had. Um, uh, living in London, living in the UK, mm -hmm. as a person of color, do you see a change in the creative industries in the sense of like, is there more diversity happening? Is it still lacking? Is it's, it? Yeah, it's still definitely lacking, um, and that's always something which I've had to fight um, in the thirty years which I've been a creative. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's not easy, but I'm creating my own path. So that's, that's what I'm doing. That's cool. Yeah, I see similarities like that in North yeah, America yeah. as well, but 
Um, it's very difficult as a black creative, um, but I'm, I'm sort of trying to create my own path now. And hopefully if I keep at it and I keep consistent, uh, eventually I think doors will open and people will know who I am. Cool, thank you. Uh, I wonder if you've ever questioned yourself or your position as an artist while using um, these black masks um, as a symbol of something. Of, have, have you questioned the appropriation fact? It's a lot of discussion in the contemporary art field maybe about who has the right and under which condition to take something from one culture to another. And, um, because it's also, I mean, have you ever questioned even what kind of specifically black mask and from where um, is it and, so, and, you know? Yeah, I, I'm kind of aware that various different masks mean various different things. Um, you have traditions and you have, uh, you know, as we were sort of saying, you know, um, it's similar to the, uh, the face paint as well, the African face paint. The dots uh, can symbolize different uh, tribes uh, status, it, you know, it can it can mean lots of different things. Um, for me, uh, I kind of just sort of am more generalised. So um, I will create, uh, I will have a mask, um, and I will use that particular mask. Um, so it doesn't. Um, I, I don't use it um, because it's a, a say a particular tribe, so to speak. Uh, I sort of use it more in a, a general. Or sort of in, uh, for an intrinsic, uh, I would say aesthetic. Yeah, um, more f for an aesthetic um, vibration, aura. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder if um, you, as a person who identify himself as a person of color, mm -hmm. has more right to use this specific symbol, which is more linked to, I don't know, also uh, black Africa or whatever, or if um, if it would. Um, the same artist, a white one, have the same right. Like if, ah, right. you know, um, like it's more uh, a question for debate or something. But uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any answer for that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not too sure. <laughs> I'll bring that back to you, Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's, a, it's a question of legitimacy, and I am not, I'm not sure that question is solved. But I, I, I always have an, a, funny, a very easy way to answer to such question, which is, um, um, you know, it, it's sort of sort of saying who, what is, you know, who is African and who is not, exactly. you know, right? Mm -hmm. And and I have a very funny answer to that. It's not a matter of geography, geographical, you know, it's not, it's not depending on where you live, right? It's a kind of what you carry, you know. Um, I, I sort of did a work on on what. African photojournalism was, and in terms of um, uh, political engagement and criticality, critic criticality, right? Um, um, the some works done by non-African photographers had more, I would say, um, uh, engagement and, and relatedness, I would say, to what Afri the African subject. So I don't think um, it is. Um, it's not um, in French. We say that the lien de sang. There are no. Um, um, how, how how would I say that in English? It's not. No, it's not like a. It's not a biological. I would say um, uh, link. I think so. To me, 
whoever wants to be African can be. Some Africans aren't in that regard. Peau noire, masque blanc, right? Um, I, I, we had a question over there. Uh, yeah. Uh, behind Nurdin. I think we share the same, right? Hi, good evening. <laughs> no, I, I agree. You just worded it better. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think I, like there is a lot of wondering. Like I wonder also because um, yeah, I um, I've seen um, like the first thing that I got that I get from the um, this kind of visual using some visuals. Um, I can see this um, idea of like la, la photo coloniale, which is like the colonial image, or the idea, which, what I mean by that is all this kind of narratives that was produced during colonial time about Africa. Um, but I question like how um, do you see, or how do you, um, um, uh, what, what kind of relationship you see that you have with this photo colonial, with this colonial photo, this colonial site or eye on the African body or the African subject? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the references are sort of ancestral um, elements, which I, I use. Um, and I, I think that um, it just looks a lot of, well, it's more aesthetic, it's more, um, uh, it, for me, it's more uh, original. To, to use uh, images, uh, strong black images from uh, the ancestral time, as opposed to using images which are uh, very sort of current. Um, hence why I use uh, a lot of these sort of African uh, pieces of art, sculpture as well. As you can see through this one, this was in actually in London. Um, and I was actually going across this particular uh, it's not a ride actually, it's, it's, in, uh, it's in Greenwich in London um, and you have to get from one side to the other to get to the Millennium Dome and I was with my son and um, he hates heights and um, we, we were on this ride and he was like, Dad, I want to get off of this <laughs> and I was like, uh, I've got to do a quick video clip first, I've got to do this video clip so um, I was actually on this shooting uh, this video clip and this idea came straight into my to my head of these uh, these sort of uh, African sculptures kind of moving in the air um, and uh, yeah that was basically the idea for this particular one so it kind of looks a bit like a, some sort of a spaceship um, you know like sort of coming from I suppose the sky or from from somewhere <laughs> um, this is, this is interesting. We, we have like something like uh, three minutes left before six six thirty, and and um, I, would, I would just like to jump. Oh, there is a question over there. Thank you. There was an image with uh, the gentleman which had this ring in his lip, and it was spinning. All right. I, I don't know if you can get back to that one. Yeah, I'm just gonna find it. And at that point, you were yes. speaking, Vince and yourself were speaking of, 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 of stories in 30 seconds. What story could that be? Is that, is that this one? No, no, no. It's a black and white image. Because I've seen people yeah, like yeah. this in West Africa, because I've lived there for many years. This one? This one, yes. Yeah. What could yeah. be the story? Because it, it could also be interpreted like this, this uh, narrative that you spoke about, this colonial image. I mean, this is a, obviously a cultural uh, thing when he has this thing in his lip, but it turning around, what, what would be the story there? I'm very curious, Vince. Well, uh, again, this was uh, a lot of my earlier work. Um, I was using motion. Um, this particular software 
Um, I'm not sure if anyone's into graphics or whatever, possibly. Um, but I was using a program called Plotograph. Um, you guys can go and check it out. Um, where you can actually move uh, still images um, and give it this particular kind of motion aspect. And um, I had this particular image of uh, this particular tribe. I can't remember the name. Um, and the idea, when I looked at this particular image, I, I kind of looked at it and I thought, right, um, this is a, a, an excellent image to, to, to create something. And this idea basically just came straight into my head to have this rotating um, in the middle. Um, and also, yeah, having the, the, the actual face uh, paint moving and the various different beads moving. Um, and uh, also the, the, the headrest. Yeah, I want just to add a comment on uh, my previous question. So, um, I ask that because I am afraid that um, maybe I'm questioning also through my myself also that I'm afraid if I'm dealing with some colonial past, I'm using again the body as the like the outsider, the white people, like the uh, the colonial also is using the body or that objectifying, objectifi objectivizing or how we say that? Fine. Yeah, the the body in the same way. It's like to say that, I mean, it's for me something should, we should critic that, um, yeah, like how relevant my art become if I am using the body the same way the colonial uh, using it. So, so, yeah. Politics of representation. Uh, I, actually, I mean, knowing a little bit the way um, the the I mean, photography used used the body uh, at the at the beginning of the century, for instance, uh, on the continent. <clears throat> I think um, there is there was an exotic element that was very present, and above the exotic element, a lot of of this material is not being seen. Uh, but there was also a lot of violence um, in the in the images um, in, term, in terms of integrity, in terms of you know um, the way these bodies actually were shown um, in, in these images. Um, I don't I don't see this element uh, in Vincent's work. I think Vincent's work um, uh, belongs to a, I would say a regime of of, of visibility which is uh, proper to to a contemporary era. Uh, after the digital age or after internet, I would say, um, mostly um, expanded by by the possibility of what you can do with the software, what kind of new reality you can create, uh, a sur sur reality, like a yeah. super I mean, hyper reality you can you can create. But I think, and that you are the one who can tell about that. I think you are careful enough about um, the uh, sort of hierarchical way of considering the yeah i mean body I'm, I'm very selective um of images which i use um and again as you said it, it does go back to uh technology um for myself as an artist i'm always trying to evolve so i i'm always experimenting with the software so it's a it's a it's a big aspect of my work um so if I have a particular image, I'm always kind of thinking, how can I create something which is uh, aesthetically pleasing as well? Um, so it, a lot of the time, it's experimentation. 
um, there were maybe just one last thing to add on that. Though I think understanding also an image is not necessarily looking at the um, single, I would say, uh, frame. It's also understanding the the para element, the, the meta element, uh, the conditions in which this image uh, is being produced. And one good example is, you know, what you called the um, in colonial photography, what you call anthropometric uh, photography, where and a single image can be beautiful, right? But as, as soon as you actually start using them in a grid to classify or to create types of these subjects you are representing, it becomes, it becomes a problem. It's more, more of a understanding the, the sort of mindset in which an image is uh, in, in, yeah, the, um, um, yeah, the, it, Vince's work is more about, I think, um, magnifying um, magnifying or sublime, it's a sublime way of uh, considering the body and the, and the motifs and the texture. Are we...? Yeah, I think we are... Uh, no, I, I wanted to thank both of you for this uh, conference and I'll just add a, a quick uh, comment or remark. Um, thinking more broadly about uh, Forum, that I was also interested in uh, and I think we, we also witnessed that today. I was really interested on different takes on surrealism with the specific angle of Africa and its diasporas, historical but contemporary ones. And when I say different takes, I really say that, I really say that because I also realized listening to, to both of you that there is this element of playfulness, detachment, and although like for example, Nordin mentioned that yeah, when we deal with these colonial images, we have a responsibility also towards them. And I think in this context, surrealism to me, and I think this is the, also the way we try to highlight in Forum, it's really this tool to, uh, that you take and you just put it out there and it, it offers you so much to, uh, to deconstruct those things, to play with it, to remix them. And I'm very happy there were a lot of references to music actually here. Um, to sampling, to collages, to just figuring out what we are we doing with this material. And also what uh, Yvonne said uh, in relation to the paratext or what is outside of the frame. And I think I like a lot this comment because it's really related to imagination actually, what is outside that we have to pay attention to. So thanks a lot to both of you. Thank thanks. you. Thank you. Thanks everyone. I'll I'll just uh, add a few words uh, because we are actually uh, concluding the program of uh, 154 Forum uh, with an event at Le 18, which takes place in one hour. Uh, the event is uh, called Jazz is My Religion and we are going to screen a film from the 60s uh, featuring Ted Jones uh, in Amsterdam and uh, the collective Untitled Yvon Longuet and Sukaina Abulaula are going to uh, lead an intervention uh, in this context, so I invite uh, I invite you to join us if you want. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Oh, by the way, everyone, please um, join my Instagram account. <laughs>